Hamish Neal from Sports Overnight, heard on Sky Sports Radio and also RSN Racing and Sport. I might be the only Cronulla Sharks NRL and Gloucestershire Warriors Rugby League fan who's also seen She Had Live at a Secret Gig. And you're about to hear the next edition of White Line Fever. Hit us up with it, Steve. Welcome to episode 18 of uh, White Line Fever, and um, I'm sure you've enjoyed our interviews over the last couple of weeks with Mark Torian of, um, of Bullet Boys. For those of you who Just aren't watching... Just want to taste because we're right by the beach. So. That's right, that's right. Although on the podcast you can't see anything. <laughs> but uh, there's been, he's flashing some goldfish in front of the camera, goldfish yeah, on the phone. crazy aquarium fish. So firstly, uh, the serious stuff, Mark, will wrap up what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Your fans just want to know what's happening, and what is happening is... That you do want to work with the other three fellas, um, but uh, there's been some road, there's been some humps, some roadblocks. So you'll be touring with someone in, in the next few months. I'll definitely be playing with uh, with uh, some of the mates, some of my mates I've been playing with in the past. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, we're you know we're just trying to figure out a common ground here, and hopefully we'll be able to find it. But if not, you know I still continue on, and and there will be a new Bullet Boys CD out this year, and there'll be, there will be a new video. Hmm. So I'm actually really, really excited about the prospects of that. And, uh, but there also um, is going to be a solo CD and a new, uh, a new group that I'm going to be coming out with this year. Oh, cool. Now, I, now I, don't, I never want to be, from doing this 20 years ago, I never want to be one of those guys who writes a review and then sort of fronts up with a big smile when they meet the guy. I, when I reviewed the show, I thought the crowd were disappointing in their reaction. I thought they were subdued and they didn't really give you a lot of encouragement. Now, that was my... I thought, you know, you guys, you never hadn't played together in whatever it was, and the crowd seemed a bit underwhelmed, and, you know, where they could have given you a little bit of support. What did you think? Because the encore didn't happen, did it? There was a... The, the, the guy on the PA said, oh, they'll be back for another song, and then they didn't, you didn't come back. What happened no, at the end of the show? for two hours, and yeah. uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you think? How did you think? What did you think? Because I know Jimmy went to the edge of the stage and said, come on, guys. I know the LA crowd, they like to be cool, don't they, you know? Uh, I, to, to be honest with you, I think the crowd is very responsive for a Hollywood yeah. crowd. Uh, we Hollywood crowds don't even—they'd never cheer. Mm. You know, it's not. Uh, it was an <laughs> amazing response, actually, and it was a very blessed, blessed response from the Hollywood crowd. It was amazing. Too. Yeah. What was the experience like to get up on stage with the fellas for the first time and all that time? Like jumping back on a bike again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, so in that regard, it's a bit unfortunate what happened since, I suppose, but I'm sure you'll sort that out. Let's talk about tennis. Oh, yeah. oh yes, let's <laughs> talk about tennis. Hey. No, we're, we're, we're listen. Yeah. I told you before, Steve, like, mm-hmm. off the record, mm-hmm. I put my life in God's hands, mm-hmm. and God makes those decisions for me, whatever God has in my future, mm-hmm. Lord and the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm trying to go with. I'm not trying to make all these decisions. I'm trying to let my higher power take over take over for it and it it's working for me okay you're going to be a tennis coach tell us about that <laughs> yes I am I'm working right now and I'm um, working I'm finalizing and getting my um, how would you say sanding off the rough edges of my game I'm mm-hmm. a huge and avid tennis fanatic mm-hmm. fan um, I've been playing all my life and I'm getting ready to certify get certified here in the United States mm-hmm. as, uh, as a teaching professional and so, what will that will that involve? You working with professional tennis players, or what, what will that involve? I, I hope so. Um, I'm right now working with underprivileged children uh, here in Los Angeles, going on my own and teaching tennis uh, to some of the children that um, uh, don't don't have that opportunity mm-hmm. to buy rackets or tennis balls. And uh, 
uh, I still feel that tennis is uh, as is, as golf is still very much a, almost an elitist mm. type of sport. And mm. You have to have the right equipment, and mm. you know, and it's. Um, I just love the game so much. It's, I, I, I love it just as much as uh, as, as music. It's mm. been something that I've has walked with me and since I was um, since I was very young. Mm. Uh, my father uh, was my coach. I mm. Played number one on, on my high school team. I uh, had a scholarship to go to SC, which I didn't end up doing. But uh, USC, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, but I'm really into trying to bring. Um, a different aspect of teaching to tennis. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a loss in the love of the game, mm -hmm. but I see a lot of kids in children, excuse me, uh, and young uh, young adults that are really trying to gravitate in the inner cities to this to this mm -hmm. sport mm -hmm. because something that uh, that that they've never had that experience for mm -hmm. before. You know, also there's um, <laughs> I was just watching on the tennis channel actually that. Uh, that they're trying to bring the game of tennis to um, our prison systems here mm -hmm. to try to get some of the inmates to play tennis. Uh, the, uh, the Bryan brothers just went up to uh, here to a prison, um, uh, a state prison here in California, and went up to play doubles mm -hmm. with, with some of the inmates, and it, it just it made me tear up. It, mm -hmm. it just made me so moved to see that this game, tennis, has such an impact on people's it's almost like a saving grace for people, mm -hmm. and it has been for me. You know, I, I still hit balls all the time, and I'm hoping to get back into playing some satellite tournaments here, here in the states. Let's finish with this. Are there any other musicians you'd like to challenge to a tennis match? I am right now, whether they want to listen to me or not. I'm, I'm challenging Lars Ulrich from Metallica to a singles tennis match, to eight-game process. Either him. Or, um, or Gavin Rossdale. And I'll tell you right now, I'll take both of those cats. <laughs> We're finished. Thanks so much for your time today, Mark. And uh, one more song. Absolutely. Um, let's do... Uh, let's see, what's, what's a good one? Let's see. I'll tell you what. Sometimes when I can't just think of anything else to do, I have to tell my girlfriend, baby, you got to make me hard as a rock. <laughs>
is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you're listening to White Lion Fever. We're back in the World Club Challenge has been run and won. And it was 26 to 12. Man of the match was Ryan Hall. Of course, it was lead to one. <laughs> That's why he's talking to me. If he lost, he probably mightn't be talking to me. Ryan, um, a, great, a great night to be here at Headingley, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it means a great deal to us, you know, being at home. Uh, it's a pity wanting Manly, you know, in the sunshine. But um, we've got the cold weather leads. But um, the 20,000, you know, Leeds fans come out screaming for us. And, you know, gives a bit of comfort there. Now tell us what you were thinking. It was uh, Brett Stewart looked like he was going to put David Williams over, um, and you had to do something. What did you do? <laughs> I just got in the middle of it. I, you know, put myself in the best you know situation. To, I've been you know been coached to do that. You know, you know. It's a gamble, though, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. See, the four points to them are four points for us. And <laughs> luckily, on this night, you know, it, it turned out that you know the, the right way for us. And the, the second try also. I mean, it did look like the ref missed an, a knock on in the lead up, didn't it? Do you, do you remember that? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't directly in the lead up. It was a couple of tackles before. Carl Ablett looked like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I were ref, I'd give it a knock on. <laughs> But I'm a least player, so I didn't. So yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, a bit of a dubious one, and you know things can you know go things go against you. You know, in games like this, you know, and you remember them quite you know heartfully because it, it loses you know quite a bit. You know, it's quite crucial, and um, obviously that you know turned it turned in our favour. You know, against Manly and. Um, quite crucial against them. You're making a habit of performing on the international stage, aren't you? Is it just a coincidence? Because some, I'd imagine if I was you, I'd be most, some of the performances I'd be most proud of would be against international opposition. Uh, I won't say coincidence, it's, you know, obviously the best team gets, you know, picked on, you know, on the night and I, always, you know, I tend to be there so it's, um, you know, picked on merit really and uh, obviously the big, the big games, you know, you tend to create your, your name for yourself and, you know, that's what I try, you know, try and do and, you know, I just you know play my best every week I can even on the domestic scene you know when the major is not there sometimes you know you're still putting the hard yards and that's what I've done I won't keep you too long but you you were shortlisted for the golden boot last year it's a great achievement <laughs> yeah uh, that, that obviously came back on the, um, on the back of the four nations you know good series that I had um, unfortunately I kept sixth out of sixth which uh, I kind of expected to be honest you know um, you know, amongst the players that um, you know were on that list you know they've been you know, all the Australian players that have been on the list have been on the list quite consistently over the couple, past uh, couple of years you know for good reason as well because they are top class players uh, and it's good to see you know English players get in, recognised among them as well now finally I'll say this carefully you're a pianist uh, <laughs> you're a pianist what, what, what sort of music do you play? Um I won't class myself as a pianist. I can play. Uh, I class myself as a guy who can play a couple of songs on piano. Um, yeah, I just play all sorts. You know, not not what you can sing to. Um, I'm more of a guitarist, really. I play, I play you know, good, some good songs on the guitar. Obviously, that's not um, you know published as much as my piano playing because um, well, I don't know why, but um, I, play, I play you know some good songs on there, you know, Oasis and Stereophonics. But uh, that's in my bedroom. You know, to myself, really. Um, for the podcast, you can actually request a song. You got a favourite? You got a favourite Oasis song you could, you you could play? Um, obviously, there's Wonderwall, which all, um, it's a great hit, but um, I'll go for uh, Stand By Me. Thanks, Ryan. We'll see you in August at Wembley, hopefully. Cheers. Got a lot of 
with Steve Mescourt. Welcome back to the program. I'll keep it really short because we've already had uh, two segments. We've had Mark Turin, we had uh, Ryan Hall. I actually just got back from Headingley and it's posted it straight away. Uh, great request, actually. I really like that song too, Stand By Me. And the Leeds crowd certainly stood by the Rhinos when they were uh, really looking like they were on the back foot in the second half of the World Club Challenge. And it was uh, the full-time score there, 26-12. to 12. Leeds over Manly, first English team in four years to win the World Club Challenge. And uh, the only other game this weekend, as I sit here... Um, that has been played is a 26-10 uh, win by Penrith over Parramatta at Centrebet Stadium. Uh, injuries to Jared Hayne and Tim Manor, not serious, but likely to miss the first um, round of the NRL, which is a fortnight away. In uh, rock and roll, the big news is that all the original members of um, Guns N' Roses will be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in April, um, which is in Cleveland, of course. Okay, I am the real Stevis on uh, Twitter. Um, I am uh, there's stevemascord.com on the internet and stevemascord.com Facebook page. Uh, it's actually just facebook.com forward slash stevemascord.com. Uh, and also the uh, for this um, uh, for this program it has its own dedicated website, whitelinefever.ning.com. Here is my favorite song um, of the wonderful, 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 sensational new Van Halen album. I'm seeing them tomorrow night in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and it is the album is called A Different Kind of Truth, and this song is called You and Your Blues. It rules. <laughs> Ain't no red house over yonder. No stormy Monday waits for you. Ain't no midnight dream in Georgia And I'm not looking for the truth And I tell you what I'm getting rid of next You and your blues Yes, I am Your bad news
Hey, what's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Okay, we're back uh, with Lexi and Michael from Steel Panther, and we're at the House of Blues. Now, <laughs> now um, so what happened on the tour? Like, uh, was there any, any discussions with Motley Crue? Did you have a chat to them? Yeah, I actually had a chat with each member of the band. I went and knocked... Hey, it's Michael Starr from Steel Panther. Can I come in? And I went in the Vince's dressing room, and he was hanging out with these two strippers, and we, like, hung out. And I went back, and I uh, I got him a CD of Balls Out, and went sign- we all signed it for him to Vince, personalized it to him, and gave it to him. He was like, thanks, man. Because he, like, you know, he doesn't want to bother anybody, so he just stays in his room. Mm. So, you know, we went and knocked on his door. It was cool. I went and hung out with Nikki Six for a while. We exchanged emails, and he taught me some business stuff about Live Nation and what not to do and... Like, he told me, like, beware of certain stuff. Like, he's actually really helpful. And he gave me some hair tips, too, as well. <laughs> because I'm kind of thinning a little bit, and so is he. So he, like, showed me how to hide your gut, like, on stage, which is pretty cool. You know? It's not. I mean, that's great yeah. stuff. When you get older, it's hard. You know, you, you like to eat, you know, except for Lexi. He throws his food up. But he- I got to go on. It was really cool because Tommy, he knows that I like roller coasters. So he let me go on his roller coaster. It's a roller coaster that's attached to his drums. You never see anything like it. It's really cool, and he does a drum solo and it flips around. I think everybody saw it when he was on tour. Like they toured with that thing all. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Did you did you like do it during sound check or something? Or when did, did you have it go? Before I did it right right. I did it right before they took it down. So mm-hmm. after the after we well, were, here's what he did. He uh, he did it before Motley Crue got there. Hmm. So, because no, they took down some of the stuff that was obstructing it. That's what you're probably thinking would yeah. be tearing down. And then he, he got on it, and one of the road crew gave him a ride on it. And Tom, yeah, Tommy, I didn't. I couldn't go all the way because it was they were half take, mm-hmm. taking it down. But I got to do it. I got to do a little bit of it. You guys are like, especially in England, it must have surprised you how big you are. Like everyone got there early and stuff. You have to change the way you do things. Like you basically, you know, it's almost been a cottage industry since you started with. You know, the online aspect and interviews like this, as we've seen stuffing around with shitty little cameras. What, what's, I mean, do you have to sort of pull back a little bit now because you are getting big and the demand's getting uh, bigger? Well, it's kind of like when you're fucking a chick. Like, you're fucking her or you're rooting her, you're pounding her pussy, right? And you want to come, and it's really hard to pull out. It's the same thing. Like, I don't want to pull out. Mm-hmm. We want to keep fucking playing gigs and fucking... Because it feels good to sperm in the vagina. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. And you know, if you punch her in the stomach really hard when you're done, chances are there won't be a baby. I thought you had to wait a little bit before, because the eggs have to, there's all that science stuff. That's where you, if you hit it right, like, just go, oh, sorry, Uh-oh. you know, accidentally. They fucking, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So what's next? What's the plan? Um, don't, another don't record? Never turn down pussy. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, if you turn down shows, you're turning down pussy. Mm, because sure. shows equal... <laughs> Pussy right. and vaginas, <laughs> right? And pussy equals fun. Time for another song. All right, I'd like to hear a song from one of Lexi and mine's favorite bands called the Bullet Boys, and this song's called "Smooth Up In Ya." Thanks. It's about rooting bitches. <laughs> Smooth. 